Thank you, and open your Bibles, if you would, book of Hebrews, chapter number four, and just by way of reminder, do have uh, copies of the printable Bible, if you're interested. It's a paperback Bible. We've just been printing them chapter by chapter, so now that we enter into chapter number four, we're able to get into that chapter, so we want to make that available to you each chapter, and you can make your own binder result of your study in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter number 1, verses 1 through 11, the Bible says, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. Athenese, I'm sorry, I jumped into chapter 1, verse 1. When the pages begin turning again, you know something's not right. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not because of unbelief, again he limiteth a certain day, saying in David today. After so long a time, as it is said today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day. There remaineth therefore rest of the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, as also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Father, bless now we pray the reading of your word and our hearts to its application. Father, we ask that you would remove the curse of Babel this morning. We would understand perfectly what it is that your word would have us to pray these things in your Thank you. you. May be seated. As we've made our way through this epistle, we now come face to face with the reality that all are confronted. Uh, it is the end of the race that all uh, try to attain, and we we want to get to this uh, this final goal. And sadly, though, many and even in, amongst Christians, many believe that it only comes when we shuffle off this mortal coil, so to speak. We get to the end of our life, and we will be able to enter rest. And we, we even talk uh, at, at times of funeral where someone is at rest, and uh, we, we, 
we refer to people resting in peace. But I want you to understand that the writer of Hebrews kind of makes it a case here, indicates that we can strive to attain this rest today. And so the question that would come in would be, is rest truly possible in this lifetime? In this lifetime. There's so much unrest, so much turmoil that takes place in today's day and time. And and if we're not cautious, we seem to think that uh, we just got to get through this world. We just got to make it to the other side. And as long as I hold on to the end, and as long as I make it to the rest of this, and I can just I can just tolerate it for now, then there's coming a brighter day. I'm here to let you know that Jesus said in John 14, he says, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Notice that he does not say this before the ascension. He says it before the cross. And so the idea is not that at the ascension, Jesus went away to prepare a place for you and he's going to come back and receive you. The idea is that he made a way for you to have that relationship with God the Father on the cross. And you and I have the ability, have the possibility of being able to enjoy the rest that God offers to those who are born again by the Spirit of God today. We can enjoy this now. I believe that the preacher indicates the importance here in striving to attain this blessed promise of God. And I want to start with a verse at the very end of what we just read. Look with me at verse 11. He says, Let us labor, therefore, to enter into rest. Now, when's the last time that you said, I'm tired, I need some rest, I want to go to work? It's not typically the mindset, is it? It's not, unless, you're, unless your job is testing mattresses at the mattress factory, I don't think you're resting when you go to work very much, right? But that's not what is being said in this verse. What is being said is, let's work so that we can enter into rest. But we've got to be careful because so often we can we can very quickly make a dogleg turn from truth right into false doctrine. The rest that is being spoken of in here it is important for us to understand. And so let's look at a couple things this morning about this rest, and I promise you I'm going to do the best that I can to keep my comments brief so that you all can make it uh, to... Cracker Barrel or wherever it is that you go out to eat and you'll beat the church across the street. All right, let's take a look at a couple of things. Number one, we want to understand what this rest is not speaking about. This rest is not rest from inactivity. The idea, the idea that is given to us is, is as you read through here, notice what it says uh, in verse number four. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. Let's just call it what we see. For God to stop working would have caused everything to fall apart. And so we don't have a God that falls asleep and takes a nap because he's tired. 
Rather, the job has been done well, and he can sit back and know that it was good. The job was completed. And so when God entered into the seventh day of rest, it is not because he's tired and needs to sit down and do nothing. It is because he's able to look back at the completed project and with a clear mind say, done, rest. Now, the idea also comes in of whether or not this is, uh, this is a rest from activity, but understand it is not rest from activity, but it is rest in activity. You see, inactivity equals unrest. I don't know about you, but there, there are a lot of people that they just really enjoy literally sitting back and doing nothing. I go, I go nuts. I go ballistic. I sit around and I'm looking at things, and you know, my wife will tell you, I just, I can't just do nothing. What are you doing? Nothing, and I hate it. There are some people that say nothing, and God's grace, I'm gonna keep doing nothing. I don't understand those kind of people. I don't get it. I mean, how many times have you talked with someone who says, I'm retired now? How you enjoying it? Man, I'm busier now than I was before I retired. That's because inactivity equals unrest. How many times have you been sitting doing nothing going, I have so much to get done. I can't believe I just, oh, I forgot to get, and you're laying in bed and you're staring at the ceiling going, there's no way I'm going to sleep. I know all the things that I've got to get done tomorrow. And if I had only stayed an extra hour, you know what? Why am I laying here? I can get up now. Oh, I'm laying here because if I get up now, it's going to wake my wife up and then I'll be in trouble. Yeah, you know, maybe I'm the only one that's like that. I don't know. But it's not talking about rest from activity. Number two, it's not talking about physical or mental rest. It's talking about a spiritual rest and accomplishment, so to speak. Now think about this for a minute. How many times have you shown up to do a job? Now, here's what I'm praying. Some of you all are thinking to yourself, why are they doing this work day? Well, because if one or two people go out and start cleaning up sticks, it's going to take them all day. If 80 or 90 people go out there and clean up sticks, it'll take maybe half hour. You know, the guys are saying, you know, hour, hour and a half. I'm going like 15 minutes. We're going to rock this place, man. Let's get this thing done. And we can go at Sizzler or whatever's available. It's not a physical or mental rest. It's that type of rest that you come expecting a long, drawn-out process only to find out it's all done. You can rest. Another thing that it is not rest, it is not rest from difficult circumstances. So many preachers today try to put out the gospel and say, come to Christ and all of your problems will go away. Are you hurting for money? Come to Christ. Are you hurting for love? Come to Christ. Are you hurting for a job? Come to Christ and he'll make it all go away. I'm sorry, that's not what it's talking about. Circumstances are still there. Circumstances still change from day to day, but I can rest in those circumstances. So the rest is not talking about, I don't have any problems anymore. <laughs> I got saved and everything was peachy keen from that moment on. No, I'm sorry. God never promised you a bed of roses. He promised you rest. And so when we look at this, what is this rest? What is it that it exactly is? What is it that it exactly is not? 
understand it is not the type of rest that we may automatically assume. So the question then is, so from what is it that we gain rest? From what is it that we actually gain this rest? Let's look at a few things in this. Number one, we rest from the guilt and burden of sin. I want you to look at verse 3 with me, if you would. Hebrews chapter number 4, verse 3. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, I have sworn in my wrath if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Note what is actually being said in this. Look at verse 10 for a little bit of a, of a kind of extra emphasis. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. That's talking about future. There remaineth. There's another rest to come. But right now, in verse number 3, it says, For we which have believed do enter rest. You see, this rest, this idea of this rest being from the guilt and the burden of shame. And so we need to stop for just a minute before we go any further. Pause for station identification. This is KLBC coming to you live. We're talking about the rest that comes as a result of salvation. We are not talking about salvation being the rest. Important for us to get that. Because it's very easy for us if we're not cautious and we equate the salvation with the rest, then we can say, well, you see, there are people who have been saved that don't actually have salvation. Stop for a minute. We are talking about the rest that comes because of our belief. It doesn't come and become, it is not our belief. It is not our salvation. It comes because of our salvation. It's important to understand that before we go any further. Notice what it says in, uh, in, in verse number uh, 4 there. For he spake in a certain place the seventh day on this wise. God did rest on the seventh day from all his works. Verse 5, and in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. And so the idea of this rest is what can I lay my head on the pillow at night and believe without any shadow of a doubt. That's the rest we're talking about. Look at the second thing here. This rest is a rest from the guilt and burden of sin, but it's also a rest from the presence of temporal worries. If you keep your hand here in the book of Hebrews and go back just a couple books into the book of Philippians, Start working your way back, you'll find the T's, and then before that, you'll find Philippians. Philippians chapter number 4. Look at that with me, if you would, please. Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse number 4, says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. 
This is what it's talking about, that peace that comes from God that is only available to those who believe him, who trust him. Those who are born again by the Spirit of God can enter into a rest knowing that when they lay their head on their pillow at night, they have trusted and believed in a God who can save and never changes. But even beyond that, you can enter into the type of rest that takes, it takes care of all the temporal worries and concerns that we have. I'm I'm stressed about finances, but I believe in God. I'm stressed about uh, about my family, but I believe God. I'm stressed about my health, but I believe God. And it's saying, don't worry about all these other things. Just trust in him and the peace that passes all understanding will keep your heart in mind. This is the rest. This is the peace that is being talked of. If we aren't careful and we get, and we just skirt on by it, then we can, oh, the Christian life is a miserable life. Oh, my goodness, it's all these rules. Not allowed to do this, not allowed to do that, not allowed to go here, not allowed to go there, not allowed to drink this, not allowed to drink that, shouldn't do this, shouldn't do this. And we go through all these rules and regulations. Man, who wants to enjoy that kind of an experience? I don't. Rest. And I think by and large, even Miss America said she's looking for world peace. By and large, people are looking for peace. Where are you going to find it? I'm sorry to tell you, you're not going to find it in this world. You're not going to find it in your next politician. Ain't happening. You're not going to find it in your next hobby. You know, no matter how much you enjoy that golf course, I don't know how you can enjoy it. <clears throat> There's another one. And people be like, <laughs> you go golfing? No, I can't. I lose my testimony when I go golfing. There's another box. It's a waste of $30 right in the water. Everybody else going golfing. Like, I love to golf. You're nuts. I just enjoy going golfing. My wife and my kids bought me a Frisbee disc golf. I can go for disc golf because you don't lose the ball, okay? It's like you throw it and you go get it. Playing golf, it's 50 bucks for a box of balls that just going to end up in the water. And then when you don't end up in the water, you end up in the sand and you're just tripping away the sand and you're just, this is restful. It's not my idea of rest, folks. Those who, though, consider Christ's faithfulness honestly, actually, and rest from temporal work. Think about it. Another thing that this rest is, is, is rest from uncertainty of self-willed endeavors. You see, if we're his, if we have placed our faith in the shed blood of Jesus Christ and we are now following hard after him, we are making our way as fast as we can, moving in his direction. Those self-willed endeavors, am I doing this selfishly? Is this, is this a, a self-motivated goal? Those things are going to slowly move off to this. If I'm truly his, if we are his, then we will know our life should be lived for him. And when we live for self, we become restless. 
I'm here to let you know something. If you are born again by the Spirit of God, I want you to catch this. If you're born again by the Spirit of God and you're living a life for yourself, you cannot find peace. You can't. It's not a possibility for the child of God, for the person who has said, I will follow Jesus. But wait a minute, I'm following Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to keep following Jesus. Uh, but this is looking pretty good over here. Just, just hang on, Jesus. Just hang on. It doesn't work that way. And so when I'm honestly following him and I say, you know what? I'm going to do what he's asked me to do and I'm going to move the direction he wants me to go. I know beyond the shadow of a doubt I'm going to be where he wants me to be. The most profound thing I've ever heard in my life is, you want to be in God's will? Be in it today. How do I know I'm in God's will? Are you seeking to be in God's will? Yeah, I'm seeking to be in God's will. You're in God's will. If you don't care, you got a problem. When God says, I want you to do this, or I don't want you to do this, thou shalt, thou shalt not. I want you to love people, and you're not acting very loving. Guess what? You're not in the will of God. Well, I know the Bible says that I'm supposed to love my neighbor, but you never met my neighbor. Not in the will of God. Well, I know the Bible says that I'm supposed to forgive as I have been forgiven, but you don't understand the circumstances. You are not in the will of God. I know the Bible says that the relationship I'm enjoying right now is not the right relationship for me to enjoy, and I should break this off or do something about it. Guess what? I'm not going to do it. You are not in the will of God. Simple as we can get it. But when I say enough of what I want and what I find is comfortable, I'm going to do it his way. I'll be in his will. Peace. Rest. Those sleepless nights wondering, anybody going to point out what I'm doing? You know what it's like. Have you? Think about it. Go back in your mind. Maybe, maybe the rest of everybody is pious beyond belief. I'm not. I'm not righteous. Just go ahead and put that out there so I know me. Maybe everybody else has already got it all figured out. But, you know, you look back at those times where you've been doing something that you shouldn't be doing or not doing something you should be doing, and the whole time in the back of your mind you're going, I really shouldn't be or I really should be doing that. Days go and days go and days go and days can't find rest. You may find excuse, but you don't find rest. Can I entice you for a minute with the rest, peace, suggest, obey? We, uh, we give beads for awards, and the kids can do certain things with their beads. And uh, Abby took the dog out last night, very obediently, very kindly, no complaints. Sarah said, you can have your bead in the morning, extra one, if you go to bed with so I get two beads if I go to bed with We didn't hear a peep from Because there was a promise of reward. 
let you know there's a promise of reward. Simply following. Again, this promise, it's not, okay, so I've got to live a certain way for the rest of my life so that I can be saved. Nope, just missed the point. But because I'm saved, and I continue to move in His direction and continue to do things His way, peace. That's the reward. That's it? You've missed the point. This is also rest from unfulfilled expectations of affection. These unfulfilled expectations of affection are typically of others. One of the deepest yearnings in the human existence is to love and be loved. And when my focus is on God, my love and being loved by Him the only thing that really matters. I, I want you to understand what it is to truly be loved by God. So many people are, are worried about what the rest of the world, I might lose Facebook friends if I stand for Christ. Oh, what if my, what if my Instagram following drops? Oh, what, what if... Stop. Love Him. Because he first loved you. I won't be as popular if I stand for Christ. I'd much rather be unpopular. I mean, live my whole life being unpopular. I was the dork. I was the nerd. I was the, I was the geeky kid. I was the one on the basketball court going, I'm open. Everybody's like, there's a reason for that. That was me. I've never claimed popularity. I've never been popular and probably never will be popular for the rest of my life. I've learned to live with it. He loves me. Nobody else might. But he does. That's good. So who can enjoy this rest? Let's look at this and start to make our conclusion. Those who can enjoy His rest, number one, those who believe Jesus is not only the provider of salvation, but also the perfecter of salvation. Would you go back in the book of Hebrews with me to chapter number 2? Notice this. Chapter number 2, look at verse 10 with me, with me, please. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10 says, For it, is, it became him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me. 
For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part in the same, that through death he might destroy him that hath the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death and bondage, of death, were all their lifetime subject unto bondage. Notice, those who believe Jesus is not only the provider of salvation, but the perfecter of salvation can rest. He has done it all. Jesus paid for all of it. Your past, your present, your future. He has made amends. He has atoned. He has completely taken care of your situation. And when you place your trust in the shed blood of Jesus Christ, he didn't just forgive the sins from your past couple years. He didn't just forgive the sins of today. He forgave all. I can rest in that. So you're telling me there's nothing that I can do in order to earn salvation? No, it's given to you as a free gift. If you place your trust in him and you choose to follow him, you abandon self and say, I'm going to go after him, do it his way, follow his direction. He is my God. Guess what? Couldn't earn it the world can I keep it? He can. He is the author, finisher of our faith. I want you to note this. Look at the second thing. Those who consider Christ's faithfulness also can enjoy this rest. Those who constantly consider Christ and his faithfulness in presenting us to God. Look at chapter 3, now Hebrews chapter 3. Look at the first four verses. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of God, uh, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Jesus Christ, who was faithful to him that had appointed him. Jesus Christ is faithful. Consider that. This is why John's able to write 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Look, Jesus doesn't just save and then leave the rest up to you. Takes care of it for you. Also, you're saying I got a free ticket now? Missed the point. Completely missed the point. So you're saying I don't have to do anything? Completely missed the point. What was the point? I'm glad you asked. The point is this. He died because you cannot live the perfect life. But he could. And his call is not to pray a simple prayer and then go on about the rest of your days. His call throughout all the Gospels, follow me. When you elect to follow Him, you have abandoned yourself. There won't be any question about, so I don't have to do anything. You're thinking about yourself. You have not abandoned yourself yet. So what you're saying is, no, 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 stop. He is my goal 
target, my pursuit for the rest of my life. That's what Christ called us to. He didn't call you to sit and do nothing. He didn't call you to sit around and be lazy. He didn't call you to any of that. He called you to follow Him. What does it mean to follow Him? Do what He does. This is, this is how people will know that you are His disciples. If you what? Obey His Well, I got saved a long time ago. I, I'm, I'm, I'm free from the law. I, I'm free. I don't have to, I don't have to do any, anymore. I don't have to follow commandments anymore. I, I'm, <laughs> Pastor, you preaching all this uh, legalistic stuff. No, I'm not. I'm preaching truth. You can get upset at me if you want to, but if, if you're upset that the Bible calls us to live a righteous life, get upset with the Bible. Don't get upset with me. not about legalism versus free to do whatever we want. It's about have you truly made Christ your Lord? Who else can enjoy this rest? All who attentively examine their walk. With reverent attention, look at Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Take heed. Do you actively examine yours walk with the Lord on a regular basis? You can enjoy rest. You make that a habit, a practice. You can enjoy rest. You know, I was examining my life, preacher, and this came into my, into my view, and I, I know I need to get rid of it. And Oh, when I just let go of that, it was like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. How many of you heard someone say something like that? Called rest. Rest. Who else can enjoy this? All who lovingly exhort one another. Look at chapter 3, verse 13. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. You know that this is not a suggestion in the Word of God, but if you are born again by the Spirit of God, part of the local New Testament church, you are commanded by God to exhort one another. That's not my job. That's a preacher's job. He needs to tell them what they're doing wrong. You know, that word exhort comes from the same word where we get it's parakaleo. It's where we get paraclete, that one who comes alongside and helps. It's not the idea. Some people see this exhort, and it's, it's, it's uh, maybe translated sometimes as encourage, and we get the idea of this encouragement. Someone co- It's okay, honey. You're doing a good job. not what it is. It's helping someone else along the way. It's not the idea, okay, well, this guy can't climb the mountain. I'm just going to pick him up and do it for him. No, 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 no. Putting the hand out saying, I'm here to help you, brother. Let's go. The question of it is, are we doing it lovingly? Are we exhorting one another lovingly to continue in God's Word? Not in my preference, not in my opinions, but in God's Word. And then I want you to notice this. Those who have believed in, as opposed to those that believe that Jesus can save. There's a difference between believing that Jesus 
save and believing in him to do it. There's a lot of people that believe that Jesus can save, but they don't have enough faith to just simply follow him. The question comes is, have you believed in him? Or do you just simply believe that he can save? The Israelites believed. They had been given good news. The Bible talks about this. Look at verse number two of chapter four. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. They were given the gospel. They were given the good news. God has taken care of it. It was the good news. That's what gospel means. Euangelion means good news. Guess what? The good news is he's given you the land. Bad news is you don't believe him. Good news is Christ paid it all. Bad news is people don't believe it. So are you believing good news or bad news today? Verse number one tells us to fear. See that? Let us therefore fear. This is not a contradiction with the word of God because you're told, you know, you're told, I didn't give us the spirit of fear. No, 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 no. We don't have to fear other things, but I should reverentially inspect and be fearful of the fact whether or not I truly am a child of God, whether or not I'm truly following his, his walk or not. That should be something that we examine cautiously. It means to take great pains to ensure. So how do I find this rest? How do I find this? Sadly, many are trying to find rest in everything except trying to find rest in their their family members, their friends, their loved ones, their occupation. They're trying to find rest in, in, in uh, some people say, well, I, I need to find a mate so that I can be, I can be comfortable and I can find, I can find rest. There are other people who say, I don't need a man to make me complete. <laughs> Missed the point of marriage, didn't we? You see, the idea is, is still everything else. One person wants, I need, I need a mate in order to be, happier in order to be at rest. And then the other people are saying, I don't need anything. I got myself. So we're still trusting in self. So let's look at a couple things that we can find rest in. I'll give you four. I want to give them to you in reference of Scripture. You see, only God is unchangeable. People change. People are different from day to day. So if I try to find rest in people, I'm going to be sadly left. Hobbies end. Much as you might enjoy that game of golf, there may come a day where your knees don't allow it. Your work not be where you find rest your job may come to a screeching halt sometime. The only place to truly find true rest is in the one who is Let's rest on a few things today. How about Romans 10, 13? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
Can you find rest in that? I can't. Because guess what? I'm one of those whosoevers. I'm one of those that called on the name of the Lord. What is it to call on Him? To abandon yourself. Looking unto Him. I can rest in that promise. Do you believe God today? Do you believe God when He says, anybody that calls on me, about this one in John chapter 6, verse 33, it says, and him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. No wise. Try that one on for size. All that come to me, I'll, here's the word, that in no wise, it's sume in the Greek. Guess what the word no is in Greek? Do. Guess what the word no or not is in Greek? May. Both of them. Two different ways of saying no. When you couple them together in the Greek language, it means absolutely no way possible. An emphatic, exclamatory no. Jesus is saying, all who come to me, no way they're leaving. No way I'm casting them out. I don't lose my sheep. I can rest in that one because I'm dumb and I'm that sheep that goes astray. <laughs> and my wife showed me a video of a sheep stuck in a ditch and the shepherd pulls him out. The sheep's happy and jumping and lands in the ditch again. That's me. And I'm so thankful <laughs> that the shepherd is not tired of me. How about this promise of God? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. New creature. New creation. Colossians 3.10 lets us know that it's patterned after the Son of God. But 2 Corinthians 5.17 simply says, you are a new creature. The old has passed away. All things become new. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that you're a new creature? That when God said forgiven, He literally meant forgiven? That when God said, I'm casting it into the sea of forgetfulness, He literally meant that? He's not up in heaven holding it like a, like a dead mouse in front of a cat. He's not up there saying, look what you did. He said, forgiven. Do you believe that? I do. I rest in it. Last. Romans 6, 12 through 23, read it sometime. In verse 14, it says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you're not under law, but under grace. What does it say doesn't have dominion? The law doesn't have dominion. Grace doesn't have dominion. No, sin. Pastor, I want to quit doing this, but I can't. Pastor, I wish I could just obey God in this area, but I can't. Pastor, I wish I... Stop. Sin has no longer any dominion over you if you're a child of God. 
question this morning is, what are you laboring? Going back to verse number 11 in chapter 4. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. Come back to verse 10 for me. For he that entered into this rest has ceased from all his own works. Pastor, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta earn his love. I gotta earn his acceptance. Well, I, I know he died on the cross, and I know he paid for for my sins then. But now I've got to make him happy. I've got to earn. I've got to earn his his attention, his affection. I've got to do this, and I've got to stop, 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 stop. Rest in him. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. Me, all you are weary, heavy laden. Rest. This is the kind of God we serve. And when I quit trying to earn and I start believing his promises, I quit trying to work at it my way. But I take him at his word, at face value. Rest. Follow me. Call unto me. Do it my way. You'll have rest. Are you experiencing rest? Maybe right now it's in the back of your mind. You're fighting. You're in turmoil. Well, wait a minute, preacher. You just don't seem to understand. Have rest right now, do you? You enjoying rest? Where's your heart? Today I invite. You come get it right. They invite you to come to know Christ as Savior and Lord. They invite you, those who have called upon Christ, who have trusted Him as for salvation, I invite you to trust Him to take care of the rest. There with arms wide open. Offering. Will you enjoy? Father, we come before you with humble hearts, loving hearts, thankful. We ask you, Lord, that you would watch over and protect during this time, that God in heaven, you would be at the forefront of our mind. God, we would not excuse our sin. Father, we would come face to face with the truth of who we are. We would be honest about what it is that we've been trusting. Am I trusting my own works, my own ability? Or have I turned from my to you?